Today's show is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. This weekend, McGregor versus Poirier 3 is all set for UFC 264 and DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official betting partner of UFC, and they've got a knockout offer this weekend for the fight. DraftKings offering 264 to 1 odds. Because it's UFC 264, you get 264 to 1 odds on a knockout in the first round during Saturday's main event. If the rubber match ends in a first-round knockout, you walk away with a giant prize. Check them out. That's right. $1 on either guy. You can just you can be either one. A first-round knockout. We're going to have the game, by the way, here at the DNVR Bar. What better way to sign up for DraftKings for the first time than to buy in for $1 and then come to the bar and hope for a first-round knockout? That's going to be a lot of fun. No cover charge to get into the DNVR Bar, so put your $1 down. And if you win, you can buy everybody's drinks in the house, especially mine. So check it out. Uh, if MMA is not your thing, they still have great things going on for basketball playoffs, uh, NBA finals. We got baseball. We got Olympics coming up, all kinds of different stuff. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get that deal where you bet $1 for a first-round matchup uh, knockout, and if it happens, you win $264. Restrictions apply. Must be 21 or older. New customers only. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. that hey dev is back you hey. got the marquee my god hey. about? this is the respect that i deserve around here that's what i'm talking what about what are we doing the one that love the dev i'm gonna get a, like a razor or something what are we doing the one that says eric is here again Always here, all reliable. Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome into a Thursday edition of the DNBR Nuggets podcast, aka the DNBA show, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Who knows? With Dev in the house, we might open up the DraftKings what? Sportsbook app what? and look at tonight's prop bets for Game uh, Two of the NBA Finals. Who knows? If we like Maybe. making money, do Maybe. we know? Do you know? Well, I don't know, but I How might add that to the end of the list. How's it been going for you? Well, we haven't been betting. And why would we bet when we have uh, our uncultured, uh, terrible opinions? We need yours. That makes sense. That makes sense. You have missed out on our snake drafts, though, man. See, look, talking about those snake drafts, man. I have nightmares of the last one still. Like, it's time for me to. Yo, Dev, remember the fast food one where Dev came in? Oh, he did terrible. See, but I, I was pandering. <laughs> really bad. That was like that you was thought like you were. You ended you up thought, were yeah. not pandering you know, to no, anybody. I was absolutely pandering, and that's the only reason that I did bad. And and from there, I have to make up for it because there's people that don't they don't respect me off of that day alone. Yeah, me. So I have to bounce I don't back. Res- I don't respect you at all. Exactly. The worst part is that when our this most recent um, results went into the slack, Dev. Hit me. He did me immediately to tell me that he was so disappointed in me. I had such a terrible job. Can we bring up the uh, the current um, standings? How, how, how it's turned out? Oh, you want to see? see and while you're looking up the current standings, <laughs> the reason that I destroyed him is because. I didn't know uh, that there was a second list that was yeah, behind yeah. the paywall. Hey, so don't was, don't share it because I that's was for going members off only. Of just man. that one directly, uh, and then I that. was like, "Ah, oh, you could have done a lot better." <laughs> so it was like uh, the second tier. It was like I judged somebody off of the bench unit. Look at that! It made though. it tough. D line team Murray currently in the lead with forty three point nine. You always win the masses. You know, you are the Walmart that's of the, the show. That's the score. You are the McDonald's of the show. The Walmart close. of the show. Or. <laughs> Or that's one that's one interpretation. Another interpretation is that I have great taste. Well, Toasty Mac, one of our OG followers, you know, been following us a long time. He had a great thing. He said acting chops, which includes subtlety, subtlety, which goes over most people's heads in comedy. Bottom line, you, Adam, value sub- subtlety in your comedic experience. Oh my God! Most people, not to say anyone's right or wrong. He's not saying you're wrong here. What? Prefer more obvious or popping laughs. Yeah, that's, and I agree. He, you know he what? was talking specifically about Harrison's Jim Carrey, <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen. Will Ferrell. Uh, Same thing. No, no subtlety no, to that, no, dude. No, that's not true. Come on. No. Come he, on. Will Ferrell occupies the space that is he plays high-low. All right. He comes off as low-level, but he's actually very high-level. You insist. Well, um, we got to keep it moving here. Nobody wants to talk about yesterday's show. I'm <laughs> getting murdered, got destroyed by this. Um, we do have a lot of stuff to get to today, guys. Ayu Desumu. I think I said that. I probably said it wrong. Ayu Desumu 
is going to be our prospect today. We're probably going to do a prospect every single day all the way up until yeah, we're going to be prospecting every single day because we had so many to get through. We're going to talk about him. Um, we're also going to talk about some news and notes from around the NBA, the new logo. I can't get wait to hear Eric's opinion on the new 75th anniversary of the NBA commemorative logo. Viewership for Game 1 of the Finals up. We're going to talk about that. Steve Ballmer got richer. Yes. Yeah. Dude, no, no, but you want to make sure that the, the richer is plump yeah. as possible before we eat them. I mean, it's just so glad it happened to a great person. You know, that's the thing about it. And then, um, uh, of course, we're also going to be talking about Bay Fall, who really fascinating, man. It's been a while since Denver's had a top, like, young prospect. Bay Fall, man, he is that dude, and Dev knows as well as anybody. But first, guys, our top story, our first story today Put. Faku Compazzo. The rookie from Argentina, our tiny king, the tiny king that we stand. He had a great, I, I love this. He has a blog, but he's so popular in Argentina, guys. He's so popular. And he did a blog post in Argentina in, in La Nación. Okay. Paper, the nation. Pa- yeah. The nation, if you, yeah, it stands for the Nación. Um, he did a blog post where he looked back on the season and shared some insights. And I thought it was really insightful it was really like he really shared some things i'm like okay that gives me great perspective not only on him but also on just how the season went and i thought it would be cool if we kind of read it together oh my own translation by the way of this (laughs) my own translation that makes it a lot better meaning everybody especially the argentinians who may be watching this one needs to understand probably some words in here i thought i interpreted correctly that i did not so but are you guys ready it's it's kind of long so Here's what I want you to do. Okay. I want you to stop me as we're going if you have any any sure. questions or stuff. We'll, we'll interject. Absolutely. I should also say, you know, Dev, uh, Harrison's not here and Vote's not here. Do you know what that means, uh, Eric? Am I on ads? You're today? on ads today. So. I actually don't have access to that, unfortunately. Kale, go ahead and send him a link to the ads <laughs> so that he has <laughs> access to it. <laughs> What's going on here tonight? Damn it. All right. Well, all right. Thanks. Oh, there you go, Linz. Um, all right. Here we go. Let's get into the blog post. Again, this was written by Faku. So this isn't even an interview. This is his own. He wrote it. Oh my God. Um, now that we are several days after the end of the season, I feel good. Wow. Okay. So to a great start here. Um, it seems to me that everything I experienced is part of adaptation and learning. It was a long season with a lot of games. I didn't expect to play that much, but it became about because of Jamal Murray's injury. So first of all, uh, yeah, this is an interesting thing where I want to stop here. I, I said that because he said this before. I know a lot of like we got from Argentinians, like he should have played more. He should have done this, and that. He didn't expect to play as much as he did. I was just going to say, like, I'm, I'm actually surprised by that. It seems that if you were to give up a very successful career in Europe and take a massive pay cut, didn't he actually lose money to come here? Correct. That you would expect some sort of assurance that you were going to get on the court. But this is why I love this dude, because he's absolutely right. Now, it's funny because I know that some of the European and international fans, they don't like this take of me. I've heard from them about it that I say, (laughs) look, the NBA is different beast than than European leagues. And it is a level up, but it's also just different. And a lot of great European players, you know, I I think even even players, especially fans, certainly fans, but even players, when they come over, they have these expectations of like, I dominated over there and it's just as every bit as good. I think Faku is a, a rare example of a player that understands it's not just a more challenging league, but it's also different, like the subtle differences and, and, and how I have to go. So I think he came into it with the right mind frame of this is going to be a two-year process, like a regular rookie where I'm going to play some, but probably not a lot. And, I, and to me, as we go on, that's super encouraging to me that he knew he had a learning curve. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of those players play against, uh, you know, the NBA players in yep. USA basketball and FIBA. So they do understand right. that it is uh, – like the talent level is just a lot different. It's a lot faster, stronger. It's the best people in the world um, going at it. So they do have an idea of how it's going to be. But also, you have to adapt to that. So they're right. coming into a league that they know nothing about, and they don't play the exact same style right. or way. Um, so I think that there's an understanding with a lot of the players. But with Faku, like, he has a lot to prove. He was a small guard. He... Um, He's older. He, he's a lot different than, you know, the traditional look for them. So, I yeah, I think it's cool that he comes out with these type of letters to, like, actually like, let you know how he truly feels and what his real experience is. Me too. It's, like, better than a presser. 
If only players like we, I would give up access to pressers if every player wrote an essay after every game. <laughs> you, I mean, you have oh, given yeah. up access to pressers. Well, I kind of have. Just yeah, pounded off on Harrison. Yeah, I just well, uh, I got work to do. At the end of the season, I felt more comfortable than at the beginning. Sure. I did not know. This is again Fox. Not yeah, me. Yeah, okay, I understand. Okay. <laughs> you said that in a weird way. I did not know the opponents. I love this one. Jokic said a similar thing, by the way. If you remember early in his career, he talked about like not knowing who he was going up against. Like, we all know these guys because we've been following them, but right. international player probably looks at, like, who did he look at? Maybe even De'Aaron Fox, who's a really good player, and probably just didn't know about sure. De'Aaron Fox even the way we did because like, he's not big enough for you to know about. So I didn't know the opponents. I had a hard time getting into the game, finding the confidence to try to make an impact with my game. As I was facing the same opponents a second time, I felt much better. And this is where Jokic really tied. Remember, like, two years ago, he was asked about, you know, how do you, you know, is it, is it tough going against so-and-so? And he's like, man, I've seen everybody now. Like, I've seen everybody, yeah. like, five times. Like, I now, ev- there's no more surprises. It's just about can you get it done. And I think he's kind of alluding to this as well. The truth is that what I experienced in, my, uh, in this first year in the NBA was more than positive. I was wrong a lot and learned as I went along. Now I really Faku, want the second so season to begin. What's that? You and Faku, not so different. Very true, man. Very true. <laughs> Wrong a lot. <laughs> but this is one of the big talking points about Faku is just like, how is he going to approach this offseason? He's yeah. a seasoned player. But he is acting, or at least p- portraying, that as if he was no different from Marcus Howard, that this was a throw into the deep end year, and now I know, like, okay, I know where, where my weaknesses are and I have to attack. Um, I think that in this first experience, I should have worked a little more on trust convinced myself to do some things in general my head was focused on analyzing the situation in which i found myself and from that to work my game to build it so is he talking about trust in himself yes okay self-trust this is a self-trust are you translating in real time or have you previously translated now you're reading from english i am what no yeah yeah no 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 i previously translated yeah i I actually spent some time trying to get this thing done here um (laughs) Actually, I set out to do my best in my role. In that sense, I think I took a step forward, and I consider myself a better player at the end of the season. Obviously, that comes from uh, making mistakes many times, making bad decisions, of encouraging myself more, of not being afraid of being covered, of losing the ball, turning it over. I think I had to uh, to click on that. I grew as a player when I got over the fear of making mistakes. I feel more comfortable. I feel that in the end it cost me a bit, but I began to understand it, and I let go as many times as I could. I think I should have cheered up a bit more. Oh, so he was kind of down in the dumps. I love this. If you think about Faku had a middle part of the season where we're kind of all out on it. We were like, man, he looks rough. I mean, there were some prominent, prominent bloggers about that uh, were out, out, out on Faku that yes. declared him in no uh, uncertain language. He was not an NBA player, and he did look down in the dumps yeah. like midway. Th- I mean, he just... I, there was he, a he didn't look to me where he didn't if you look asked emo- me gun to my head. Yeah, he didn't look like, like emotionally know. down. I'm 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 surprised to hear that, but he he did look lost. He did look as though he like he didn't quite know. I mean, exactly the things that he's talking about. Like that that was evident as the season was going on. Confidence is so big, man. That's all there is, man. It, it really it really especially at the NBA level, man. These guys, this is why when people complain about Will Barton's shots. confidence or this or that, I'm like, you guys don't understand, man. Like it's like going into a lion's den, you know, the NBA. Like, you have to have a little irrationality to yeah. you or else you're going to be. And I kind of feel like that's what he's talking about here. Yeah, and it's, it's a long season, especially from a player that's in a whole new country. Um, not, you know, I'm not sure how much of his family was here, but it's just different. And it's like it's his first year and he's like a study abroad type of yeah, um, totally. student totally. Um, that's just trying to learn the game, trying to learn himself. Um, it, it's it's different. He's already been successful. He's already been at the mountaintops, and now he has to start all the way back over. Um, and he has a lot to prove to himself. I know that the expectations for himself was high, as high as you know the the fans. Like nobody gave him a fair shake going into it, uh, and then he got put into a situation where he has to play and he has to prove himself. So there are going to be like ups and downs, and just not meeting those expectations. But all in all, he had a really good year. And and when you look back on it. There is a lot to build on. So he's saying all of the right things. Do you remember him saying this about not being happy and this or that? It reminds me, do you remember when um, 
Ricky Rubio tried to cheer up Alexi. Sh- I think it was Alexi Shved. Shved yeah, he was when he said, "Change your face." That's <laughs> 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 such a <laughs> the old change your face. I get that all the time. Or change you, your face. Yeah, or yeah. <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah. Like, oh, you're be you're, happy. Yeah, you're not miserable. You should tell your face. That's, yeah, that, that's tell your face that. Um, anyway, it reminds me of that, and I'm telling you, man, it, it has to be tough. But this is why I like Faku, and I've. I've talked many times about the numerous European players who have gotten to Faku's age where they have become superstars in Europe and no longer want to come over. And I get it. You're a superstar at that level. But I do, I would be lying if I didn't say that I judge people a little bit when they don't choose to put, when they're that great, when you have something special and you don't push yourself to play at the top level. There's always something like a little bit. It's like golf, Eric. We were just golfing. There's four tees, right? And they tell you one's for, for, like women yep one's the tips <laughs> that absolutely and then there's two in the middle we don't really know what they are <laughs> but if you were a killer golfer and you kept going down to the easy one it'd be like come on man push yourself you can go back another 50 yards yeah if you if you adam were teeing off at the senior yeah uh tees i'd be like is that for old people worse yes. okay yeah. Uh, what else would that be for? For for senior well, high yeah, school? Like senior, like you're a you're a senior <laughs> golfer. Oh, like a like <laughs> you've reached Instead the highest a junior level. golfer or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, junior golfer. Also, by the way, it refers to their age. So that <laughs> okay. that was a bad. <laughs> Damn it! So confusing. Um, be careful, he says. Okay. When I talk about which I did, I actually this part I didn't translate too right. Be careful. When I talk about cheering up more, I talk about details because I know that I will not have the ball as much as the last game against Phoenix, which was a special situation because Jokic was ejected. This is very interesting to me because we talked about this on the bench a lot when he was playing alongside other guards. And it's like, it's so clear that he is best with the ball in his hand. Yes. And it's interesting because Monte Morris ended up taking on the bench unit when Jamal Murray went down. It's like, Faku, you're the starter. And part of me wonders, like, Monte Morris also great with the ball in his hands, but I feel like he has more experience with Jokic. And I wonder if there's a little bit of, I don't think Faku was brought in to play with Jokic a whole lot. Nope. And I wonder if there is a little bit of, even that threw him off a little bit of, now I have to play this unique style where I am much better as a dictator with the basketball. <laughs> a lot of the dictator. I don't know why that strikes me as so funny. <laughs> Just the idea of Faku being a little dictator out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. It just speaks to all of the adjustments he had to make on the fly. I mean, this is obviously a very new role for him in every sense of the word. And we watched the evolution. You know, it, he came out shot out of a cannon. And that, that first preseason game, yeah. granted, like nobody else was playing hard. Yeah. He was playing as hard as you possibly can. And he, you know, we were all like very interested and then it just started like his effectiveness just started to sag off. Like he was getting really picked on defensively and weren't, I mean, his shot wasn't falling. We were, a lot of us were sort of just wondering, you know, like what does Faku have to offer? And, you know, as it went on, it just, it, it's all about adaptation. It's all about understanding your role. It's all about probably learning the language, like Dev is saying. I mean, there's a lot. So it's cool. It's cool to hear, see behind the, uh, the old curtain here. It's funny you say learning the language, because do you think it's weird, Dev, if you're on a team, like Jokic can speak English pretty well now, so maybe this isn't a thing, but Faku still can't. Do you think it's weird if your two initiators can't speak English? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially just They're your like, lead communicators, usually. Yeah, just, and they have the ball in their hands, and they're actually like... Is it just like, like a number system at a yeah, certain point? Yeah, like, because they have to switch their entire lingo, the two guys that have the ball yeah. in your point guard and your star player. Um, so just having to adjust and adapt and also they play different than everyone else. Like they're just, they're not the same as, as other players. Faku is a pass first guy in the NBA that just is not seen often. Jokic is also a pass first superstar. That's just not seen often. So for them to have their own disconnect in a way, but also trying to like build some type of cohesion and, and try to get it in a team like environment that I think that would be difficult. Yeah. Um, moving on, he says, but I think maybe I can work more on my floater, on the two-point shot, on improving decision-making in milliseconds, and not doubting when I have an open shot, although I think I did quite well in that sense. I think he's right about the, the last part. Did very well. Like As a spot-up shooter, he's pretty good, and I think he let it fly. You know, He's fine. I love what he said his two things he had to work on, because I agree. On his two-point shot, which is yes. really a pick-and-roll pull-up shot. Like, yes. That's his weakest point, and Denver really – in the NBA, you've got to be able to at least keep the defense honest by being able to pull that on up. And then the floater. 
He's got to be able to score. It's not going to be he's not going to be above the rim player. He's not Kyrie Irving doing crazy stuff. He's got to be able to say, if you're going to sink back and let me shoot these yes. little seven footers, I'm going to kill you with them. Dude, the man needs to learn to finish at the rim. That's what he's saying, though. He has to. Yes, he's right. You're right, Faku. You're right, Faku's uh, translated speech. You need to learn to finish at the rim. It was so confusing that the shortest guy on the floor um, was not a shooter, except for sometimes he was deadly at three. Other times he was comical at three. Right. And then running that pick and roll with Jokic, it was like, what are we doing? Like half of the pick and roll can't score. So it's like All right. super. And I'm not, I'm honestly not that worried about his three. It would be great if he was like a knockdown quick three. Yeah. yeah I don't want him shooting. Threes. I don't care. Yeah. I don't want him shooting. Threes. And he shot him well. He shot him fine. I In think the playoffs. Absolutely. Good. Um, Dev, do you agree with his assessment though? I mean, we've talked about this a little bit, but man, two point shot and floater. Boom. No, no. Just because he, he's a point guard that, uh, that has a lot of other scores around him. He needs to be able to like knock down the three ball just because there is so much but he gravity did this year. Yeah, but he has to become a, like a more consistent scorer and also like a, a player that's not looking down those shots. Like, I mean, there was a lot of times that he was confident and he kept shooting it, but the the game plan was to just keep on allowing him to. So if he keeps knocking them down, now they have to defend him in a, in a different way. But yeah, that floater does make it difficult so that if his three ball is falling, he also could get inside and he's not a you know, he's an under-the-rim type player. He's not that big. But having a floater and just being dangerous from both outside and inside makes it really hard um, for anybody to defend him. Um, we already know that he's a good passer. He He's a high IQ player that, like, he knows where to be on the floor. So that comes easy for him. So I'll say yes and no. I think that the three-point shot could be a little bit more consistent and also just we know that the game plan is you can't leave them open. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think the floater and that pickup pull-up two are the, like, one, two things, and I, I just love that he said them. And it's funny because Monte Morris is great at these, and he's great in large part because of how much he, he came into the league good at it. He's now one of the elite guys, in my opinion, and when you watch all of his Instagram workout videos, he's constantly working on crazy finishes, like attacking the basket in these like way off balance yeah. little leaners and he's just so good at yeah, those yeah you're right Monte's finishing got it gives so me, good it gives me hope that Faku will be good next year at it. I, I hope so but, great, the, the but it's, yeah you're right I mean it's funny to me that a guy that's played basketball his entire life in other leagues in been an ultimate champion like has this huge hole this you don't, huge defic- it, apparently it wasn't needed I guess that's it, that's exactly what it is uh, apparently so it's, it's so strange to me but yeah or needed less I should just say you, not, know, what not I, you know what I love the most about this I don't know is there more to read a lot more oh okay well then let's keep going it seems <laughs> to me that the question is to find the balance between what my game needs and uh, what can best serve the team I love that he's uh, trying to find my best version Raising my level of play will happen if I make quicker reads and I am effective when I have the ball in my hand. Against Portland, I felt good, and against Phoenix, I didn't because their approach was very good, their game plan. We had a hard time getting into the game in that series. At first, I took the elimination and the way it happened pretty badly. We all did. We all did. I'm glad we he all did. did. Well, maybe not everybody. <laughs> I really like to Sons compete, and, and it hurt to be knocked out. It wasn't the ending we wanted because it was with our people. I don't. That's the one line I couldn't understand. It's like v- verbatim. I don't know what he means there. Does he mean at, at home? Um, um, maybe that yeah, must be what it is. Yeah, he solved it. You cracked the code. Yeah. Um, when I got home, Faku whispered. When bro. I got home, the anger lasted a couple days, but I found peace <laughs> among my family. I like this because this like, sounds like real. I, you know? turns, turns out I need to hang out with Faku's family. I'm still very angry. <laughs> very angry. It's so true. <laughs> it hurt because I like to get to the end of the season. It was a blow. The way I face the day after something like this is to think about how to improve for what is coming. What does my body need? Set short and long-term goals and not think about what happened, but about what is next and what is right now. I learned a lot from Chris Paul in the series against Phoenix. Although it seems that he is slower than the others, what he does is set the pace of the game. If I felt that the four games uh, were at the pace that he intended. We never figured him out. When we tried to keep him from passing the ball, he started scoring points. When we gave him a shot... Almost nothing missed. I guarded him a little. I like this part. Wasn't all me, guys. I guarded him a little <laughs> bit here. I guarded a little. But you suffer and enjoy it at the same time. What a great line. Yeah. You suffer and enjoy you him love at the anything same time. The word, including the word suffer. I dearly do, man. Life is about <laughs> suffering. He is a player of the style we are used to seeing. Penetrating, passing, scoring, slow, uh, slow playing. At all times, we felt that we were behind him. To win the series, we had to cancel him, and we didn't. Because the way he plays makes his teammates better, I'm, I've always suffered from him at the Olympics and now this season. Oh, he is a man. player that I really like. And Devin Booker is a tremendous, very athletic, and amazing, yeah, and right. has amazing touch. Fast forward. When we get close, 
When we got close, they would give him the ball, and he would shoot the three or go to the hoop. When the season ended, there weren't many meetings. It's not like at Real Madrid or Panaral, the club in which the next day there was a meal to close the year. After the playoffs, there was a more formal closing. They sent us a message. That was their formal closing. They sent us a message and said, take a rest and be with your family. Perhaps the pandemic was the reason. I took a week uh, to rest on the beach with family and went back to Denver and started training. What? He's been here. Is he here? Uh, Well, he has been. I'm just going to do it. It helps me a lot for what is coming in the national team for our tour in Las Vegas and later the Olympics. So I'm guessing he's already because they play in Vegas, I think. Fucker, we know you're watching. Come on by the DMVR bar. Come on by, buddy. Um, Although I went to the beach and rest, I was still a bit hooked on the playoffs, although not watching full games. If there was a TV, I would watch, but I was not very attentive. Maybe through the networks, I found out more. But it's not easy to get rid of that dynamic. We even go to the hotel room, and one day Kansu, I'm guessing that's his son or family member or something, uh, asked me to turn on the TV to watch basketball. It seems that he likes the atmosphere of the NBA playoffs. Now I see the NBA as a fan because my head is on the new goals. Everything is part of a season. What happened to me in the first experience will help me for what is coming in the national team, the Olympic Games, and what we uh, achieve in Tokyo will help me uh, with Denver next season. I have a mind to improve the details of the game next season. The year experience is going to help me. Obviously, my goal is to do the best job possible in the national team. Now we have a tour here in the United States for the games. Seems like we could have got the Cliff Notes version. Well, of this. yeah, that's what, <laughs> you're not enjoying the, 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 the reading. Goes all right. We now reach. Well, he's saying I want to reach yeah, the know. best version of myself to compete. Just like a more Faku-sized version. Of Faku-sized. <laughs> anyway, a lot of stuff in there. I love it because, in my opinion, oh, I always great, thought man. your hope with Faku is that he is significantly better next year. Yes, and specifically better in the ways that are tailored to help Denver and play in the NBA. And it sounds like his mind. He, he's just so smart. Obviously, a clear vet player, but he's right on that, on that same wavelength. I really loved the the whole piece about Chris Paul, just because you could tell that there's yeah, Eric. Like a, Eric didn't. He wanted me to cut that entire part <laughs> yeah, out. But there was a real <laughs> respect. Forward. Like he was a respect, and also I think that he's seen a little bit of himself in Chris Paul. Sure. Like oh. You know, he's like one of the like slower players out there. Not to say he's small, but there's just some type of disadvantage. Right. Um, so he's a smaller player, but he also controlled the pace. He's like. He didn't use the word IQ, but he's like he controlled every aspect of the game, and we could not figure that out. He also puts the respect like in it, like, hey, if I would have guarded him more, like you yeah, know, yeah, he wanted sure. to add that type of uh, idea for it. Um, but just having that type of talk about Chris Paul being the type of leader that he is, and also a team that beat you in the way that they beat you, I think that that goes a long way. And also, it's something for him to read, like, okay, like this happened. But, like, there's no reason to be bitter. Like, I respect what happened, and I'm going to come back stronger. So that's something that, that really stood out for me. And I just like people that are self-aware, you yep. know? He's just down-to-earth, self-aware. I mean, that's, like, generally the description used to describe every foreign-born player in the right. NBA and never the description used to, to describe any American-born player I'm in the telling NBA. you, people will project a lot of things on there. And there, I'm sure there's certain, like, racial components to it or, or this or that. But I'm telling you, the what? number, in my opinion, the number one thing is if you go abroad and spend any time abroad, as I have, oh, I, you go this abroad, is the first time hearing of you, it. The one thing you realize is how crazy marketing is in the yeah, U.S. and advertising, sure. and just how much that is a part of our culture that is ingrained, and how little it is for other cultures in the same way. And I think that's what you're talking about is. Faku can write this thing without fear of what his brand will change because that's like kind of a foreign concept. Where in the here, it's like, hey, man. Uh, like you just said, less Chris Paul stuff. We're not giving too much co- uh, appreciation to Chris Paul. That's bad for your brand here. Give him a little congrats and then move on. And I just think that's... I just don't want to talk awesome. about Chris Paul anymore. Like he's he's uh, now fully colored my playoffs and I don't want to... I just... I. You know, I'm so not excited for him to win a championship. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to. Can we not tie? Like, we're going to get a full amount of Chris Paul, whether we want it or not. Like, why are we going to bring it here to the DBA in the middle of Faku's letter? Before we go to this break, can I uh, prepare you for something? Going to be significantly worse next year when he's a Laker. All right, let's hit our first break. Ball Arena. Tell us all about Ball Arena. Adam Goodman says he just showed up to for an apology that Leslie Nielsen did not make the comedic actors draft. May or may may not. Don't tell. May or may not have made the appearance. He's in the second second round. round. He might be in the second round. Become a member, dude. Like become a member. Check out the second round. The Uh, second round is where you find your Jokic's. (laughs) That's literally true. And maybe your Ayu Dusumus. All right, so uh, you say Ball, ball arena. arena. So, um, all right, Ball Man, Arena. Man, I never miss Harrison more than yeah, right no. now. Um, 
so Ball, let's see here. Uh, we all know Ball, the corporation. There you Ball. go. You're off to a good um, start here. They sponsor Ball Arena. They make the really cool aluminum cans that you buy there. They're honestly um, they're one of also, our great corporations here in Colorado. They are a fantastic corporation. I've worked with them in the past when I designed uh, cans, and I went down to their plant. It's it, it's honestly like overwhelming to the point that I can't really describe. <laughs> uh, but they're not. They don't just only make aluminum cans. They also are an aerospace uh, company. Right. They make satellites. They make rockets. They're like engineering baby. Yes, so uh, they're also a company that's really focused on sustainable effort, sustainability and, and uh, renewability and making our world a better place. And they've now they've now uh, are a sponsor of ours. Ball plus DNVR. What could be better? Two. Each have four letters, and it's a harmonious uh, combination that I think we all saw coming. Um, they. Ball does things like they have satellites that actually monitor the earth to, to find out where resources are dwindling and where human efforts need to be given. And now they're working with us. They need uh, engineers. They need engineers in their golden plant. Um, they're hiring. Golden is dope, by the way. Big fan of golden. You're a big golden guy. Big, uh, big golden guy, man. Brit Go ahead. Me and Andre, man. We know Andre loves golden, too. Everybody here loves golden. Um, it's a nice city. It's a cool little city, <laughs> man. <laughs> nah. How could you dislike Golden? He has nothing he dislikes about it. He's just there, there's no way he has like. Is there a bad Golden take you have? Well, yeah, Colorado School of the Mines. For yeah. one. And right. then two, there's like the the four way stop before I get to yeah, Blackhawk. <laughs> That's <laughs> really we, really we held it. All right. Well, all the same. All the same, if you want to spend your time in Golden, uh, you can go to you can check hashtag Work at Ball. Online, you can apply for a position at their aluminum can plant. You can text Golden to seven seven two two two, or go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden, or simply text Golden to seven seven two two. All right, then you got DraftKings. DraftKings, you guys know about DraftKings. Uh, they're the number one sports book in America. We love right. them. Uh, I've made quite a bit of money with DraftKings over the over the the time we've been uh, with them. We give out great picks here. Dev gives out great picks. Adam actually gave a great pick early on. Thank told you. us all to pick Jokic for MVP. He later rescinded, cashed it. out, but God then he got cash right back in. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. So, what is today's date? We are seven July eighth. Okay, so. Uh, McGregor versus Poirier. Three. By the way, guys, we're having this at the DNVR bar. Come down, bet on it, but also come down and watch yes. it. I'm going to be here. It's all no cover no fee. No cover fee. Can you imagine why you get no cover fee to come to the DNVR, the best yeah. bar in Denver to watch this fight? Watch You're fight. here, right, Dev? Come on, baby. I might, I might as well come. Might as well be here. Well Let's come. do this. Well, it's all set for UFC 264 and DraftKings Sportsbook. The official betting partner of the UFC has a knockout offer for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering. 264 to one odds on a knockout in the first round during Saturday's main event. If the rubber match ends in a first round knockout, you walk away with cash. Just pick the main event fighter you think will win by a first round knockout and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 264 to one odds on that fighter. That's right. Bet $1 on McGregor or Poirier to win by first round knockout and, and you get you win $264. I heard the bets guys earlier. They're on Poirier. Really? They're on Poirier. Right. I, don't, I don't really know what to... There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge, which sounds like it's very limited, very limited. to the test <laughs> than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $264 when you bet on one main event fighter to win by first-round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code DNVR to turn $1 into $264. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. What do you want from me, Adam? I mean, my God. I'm just saying, I've never Harrison more than right now. But he, right. He, Harrison is not fast at reading well, ads. You well. also taunt him in the same way. You're only making this go uh, go longer. I taunt him, but I, now I miss him. Like, this is insane. Only, must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New, new customers only. <laughs> restrictions apply. Oh. This is how I felt during your Faku read, by the way. Uh, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. He didn't mean it. He doesn't mean it. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, Adam, is there any more of that Faku letter? You're <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Um, Ayu DeSumo. Uh, he is our prospect today, guys. Illinois Dev. 
you were charged with doing some research here. We watched the video. We watched the video. So I got I got a little back and forth for you. But give me some give me the overarching view of him real quick. So what are the things before we get to his skill set? So first off, Harrison Wynn says that uh, his his NBA comp would be Drew Holiday. Okay, see, I, maybe I can see it. I can see it a little bit. I think he's a better shooter, less worser defender, worser defender, worse defender. Yeah, okay. see, I was going to go with uh, Colin Sexton, but I think it's more so the look. Yeah, it, it definitely is. You know what, but you know what, though? No rat tail, which makes me yeah. like, are you Dasumo? 90% of prospects have the same haircut, just short, you know, or whatever. So anytime anybody has hair, they're compared to other people with yeah. hair. Yeah, he, <laughs> he has so that. True. But also, Montrez Harrell really reminds me of Kenneth Fareed. Why? Because <laughs> he has long hair. Yeah, but I also think that um, it's more so the defensive stand. Like, that's the thing that really stands out for me yeah, with, with yeah. Io. Um, this year was huge for him. Like, he had, like, one of the best point guard years of, of everyone. I think he put up, like, 20 points, six rebounds, and five assists a game. Um, so, like, he, he's a true point guard, but he's also a scoring point guard. Um, the the, the three-point shot is not consistent. That's, like, been the knock for him. Um, but everything else is, is pretty much there. He's a leader. Um, he, he gets to his spots on the floor. He scores in bunches, but he also does all of the other small things. He looks like he's got a lot bigger. He's grown, like, 30 pounds like like in, like, the last year and a half. Yeah. Like, he's getting a lot bigger. But he's also just a quick speedy guard he's not the the same type of prospects that you guys have been um talking about these last couple of weeks but he, he's a player that can fall and also he's going to be in the league for a while does that mean dev has seen some of the shows we've done there's no way <laughs> okay. there's no way okay. he maybe maybe saw a graphic <laughs> later on <laughs> <laughs> so he is he did go three years he's a 21 year old so he does have a little bit more you know experience college experience under his belt he averaged 20 points per game this last year with with illinois um, what about his skill set, Dev? Let's get into let's get into the skill set. I'll tell you, put that graphic up again. The one thing, so these are like overarching pros and cons. The one thing I, I asked around um, from my my like guys that really do the uh, the draft that really get into it about the leader and winner thing. I don't know where that came from. I don't, so I don't know, like, because I, I, I was looking like yeah. you know googling IU, you know leader whatever. I don't know where that reputation comes. I from. I think it's more so just like like running that Illinois team. Like that's a okay. team that. You know, they, they haven't had that much success, but now they're starting to get a lot better. Okay. Um, but he's, he's more so like an orchestrator. Like, uh, change of speed is really high. Um, he's also always under control. Um, and, he, and he really can score. He scores when he wants to. He, yeah. he gets through the pick and roll. He's a, he's a good help side defender. Um, he, he's really like a, a true point guard, and also he's a, he's a backup. He'll be a backup in the league. And he, he's going to be a backup for a lot of years, but he's one of those players that's always going to be around. I felt like Brandon Knight was in the league for 25 years yeah, he was. somehow <laughs> because they just know how to stick around. They know how to get everyone else around them to work hard with them, and he's that type of player. But it's, it's going to be the defense that sticks around as well. So to me, it's interesting because he looks so big. All these guys, this was the same as Zeke Naji. If you would ask me how tall he was when I watched his highlights, I'm like, solid seven-footer, 6'9". Yeah. Right. You know, this guy, I was like, man, he has such a great body. And then I looked at the stats, 6'4". That's the Gary Harris range. That's the in-between. And I don't you – think, do you think he's a point guard at the next level? Yeah, he's a point guard. But he's also, I think, more so with the Gary Harris, he's a versatile defender. Like, that's what makes it – because he could defend multiple positions – even though he's undersized, he's able to go out on the wing for a few seconds, or he's able to, if you put him in the post, he's going to be able to defend himself until help comes, like, comes over. So he's smaller, but he's also able to, to defend. If I were to, it's funny that you're talking so much about the defense, because if I was reduced this to one thing, like, all right, we're going to give a tagline for him, to me, he would be a bucket. Oh, yeah, for sure. Ah. I think he's a bucket. I think this is, I, I would not be surprised if people were higher on Ayo than mo like if he was like a fan favorite you know and people are clamoring for him because you watch him really good one dribble pull up like he's got a great shot fake escape dribble mid-range jumper like it's really smooth really pretty he's a really good open court attacker so end to end like one on three i saw a lot of like mm. he's really good at finishing those one dribble drive straight line drives he's got a really good attack he's pretty athletic i don't think like a hyper athletic player but he can play above the rim and and throw it down and then here's the thing that I feel like he's most comfortable with, and I kind of don't love it. Really good at the like quadruple crossovers. Oh yeah, just just over dribbling. <laughs> that that is yeah, like one of the knocks on him is he over dribbles. But he yeah he's definitely. But he a makes bucket. him. He makes a lot. As a sophomore, he averaged 13. Then he went to 16, and then his last year was his best year at 20 um, points a game. Uh, so yeah, he he can 
for sure score. That is going to be something that he has to work on is like the not over dribbling and also making a quick decision um, with the ball just because that makes it really tough um, for anyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and play. I'm sorry. I should just say play those whenever we start talking Roll here. We can kind of um, – there he is out on the wing. No, he's the one on the other other side. There he is right there. Um, shot The shot mechanics are a little weird. I mean, I think it's yeah. like the form is consistent. It just has a little bit – it's almost like more straight out in front of his body. Pretty good. Oh, the other thing about pass, this, we're yeah. going to see a lot of – the last thing I didn't mention when I was talking about all the different ways he's a bucket. I think he's a – maybe the most NBA – thing that you should be excited most about his NBA skill set, I think he can be a really good pick-and-roll player. He mm -hmm. makes mistakes, but he makes pretty high-level reads, too. And I don't... If guys can make high-level reads, I don't mind if they make low-level mistakes at this age. Because I feel like if you have the little bit of the good, you'll get rid of the bad over time. Yeah, and, and he also makes... He takes chances. He's a, he's a chance taker, and that's, you know, something that you don't get much of. We just yeah. saw it right there. He, he throws a oop good, down good the middle with, uh, like, others around. Um, he's also mm. a disruptor, so like yeah. he, he plays the passing lanes and gets out in the open court and finishes well. Um, but yeah, you, you, I mean, you can look at the the, the film and see Colin like Sexton. It's yeah. just there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sexton's a bucket. Though. Yeah, he's he is a, a bucket. He was a bucket. bucket. Yeah, he's a gamer too. Colin Sexton was. I don't know about the sumo. I'm, I'm guessing that's what you meant by like leadership and stuff. Is he's yeah. a gamer? Just very um, competitive. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like he's, he's I like it. Look at his patience in the pick and roll. There. Always in the that's mix. That's a perfect timing. That last play yeah. right there, That's it looks so simple, but he made it look simple by a perfect timing. Um, so I think he'll be a scorer. A lot of different ways of, of scoring. Open court, I think he's really, really good. He almost reminds me of what I thought Gary Harris was going to be after 2018. <laughs> in some ways, you know, you kept thinking like, oh, he's adding a little bit more of a handle to him. He's at, and then it just went away. Yeah, the good thing though is he like this guy has the ball in his hands most of the time. Right. Like, yeah. He plays off the ball, but he also has the ball, and he he'll make a decision yeah. um, and go. Um, yeah. I like the film. I yeah. like the film. Their, their team like plays kind of like a rowdy AAU style of <laughs> basketball. <laughs> like it doesn't look like they have any set plays. They just kind of go. No. Oh man, I thought that was gonna go in. <laughs> I was like so ready for it. Uh, we got highlights. This is really like, free throw. All yeah, right. This is oh. really just one game. So we're seeing highlights and just lights. <laughs> we're just seeing lights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, according to a few mock drafts, he is sitting about at the 34, 35 range. So a little like, behind. Yeah. Although it doesn't really matter for being honest, man. Like once you get order, the nuggets are at 26, probably they're probably going to pick in the mock draft, somebody between 20 and 30, yep. just probably, but you never know, man, there's, there's surprises in Tim Conley at that yeah, you point. Never know. If you, he did take, if you were looking at the mock and you get to tw pick 26 and they end up taking the guy that's at mock 34, you just kind of like, all right, well, I, you know. Yeah. Also, like, you always got to watch that trade back when yeah. you're talking about Tim Conley. Yeah, and it also becomes about fit. Like, what do we really need? Do yeah. we need a point guard? Of course, we need a point guard right now. Um, those are, like, the type of ideas uh, that you could get with that. And and then also, when you go with the, the pushbacks, like you said, if he's, like, projected at 34, you push back, like, maybe three or four spots, he's still available, yeah. and that's the guy that you wanted. So, I mean, that's something that we know that, that Conley can and will do. I think he's a bench scorer more than he is a starting guard. I don't think you're gonna. I don't think he's a good enough player offensively to run your team. But I don't think. Um, I don't know that he's necessarily like a starting shooting guard because I don't think he's a great shooter. Right. So then he becomes a bit of a shoot. Uh, if he's your shooting guard, he's really a secondary ball handler. He's almost in some ways a worse Will Barton. Oh, yes. You oh. know, like Will Barton can <laughs> score and do a lot of different things, but he's a little bit less. And then defensively, I'm kind of surprised at the defensive hype around him. Like I said, when you watch the highlights. This is one thing. Sometimes defensive highlights are like great uh, pick and roll defense and getting over screens and this and that. Like a lot of his were like steals. I just don't know that he's going to be a great. He comped him to Drew Holiday. I don't see that man defensively. I just don't see it anywhere yeah, close. Maybe they're going off of the early Drew Holiday like type of maybe like, feel yeah. with it. Like now he's clearly a different type of defender and type of player. Um, but like when he was early in in raw, like you're, you're just out there making plays happen. Um, and, you know, like as a backup point guard, that comes with it. And, and the veteran um, presence and abilities come with that later on in time. Um, so maybe you should – I mean, it's hard to comp somebody, someone that's already young. But, like, maybe you have to look at them as just a really young one of these type of players. Right, right. I To me, 
six-man type score. Really, like, like I said, a little bit of maybe a lesser Will Barton. Maybe he grows in to be a full Will Barton. Yeah. Um, but that that to me is more what he is than necessarily like your perfect ideal Interesting. You know, point guard or, or something like that. Probably why he's mocked in the in the yeah in the like 30s. The, in the thirty second round. Now he's twenty one. That's so funny. It's not that old, but you the the curve from nineteen to twenty one is pretty steep. So you probably take a much lesser. Yeah, he looks like he put he could put on some weight. Also, he looks like pretty. Oh, I think he has a great. I think he looks pretty stout. You think so? He looked like a little a little like uh, like he could just like he's got the frame, but not quite the fill. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm Luke Warren. I'm on him. He's in the Duarte Primo bin for me, where it's like <laughs> I like him. I don't love him. The fact that it's a bin, it's so a it's bin. Just toss it. In the, uh, <laughs> put it's it. a shelf. <laughs> then eventually a whole throne room. Yeah, I can't something. wait. To, yeah, I'm I'm, in, I'm eagerly awaiting to see who's on your shelf. We only know who's in the bin currently. I th- I think our last one's on the shelf. I think he's. I don't know if he's in the club fully, but, uh, <laughs> but we, we'll oh, see. from last show. Mm-hmm. Who did we look at last show? We looked at. Uh, uh, the the large what was his name? Great defender Draymond Green esque. Yeah, Draymond Green esque. Go back. Can't believe you put us on the spot like oh, this. Usman Garuba. Usman Garuba. I didn't put him Usman. on. <laughs> Usman. No, I was just. <laughs> <laughs> you got to realize, like, if you say it, we'll we'll just repeat it. Like, yeah, oh, that, Usman. Right. Right. <laughs> Let us know. We're gonna hit our other our last break oh, here. On God. the other side, we're gonna talk about Bayfall, and we have a bunch of other news to hit. I can't wait to talk about Bayfall. By the way, Dev. Very plugged in, man. Knows, I mean, he's nobody knows, you know, Denver high school hoops like Dev. So I can't wait to hear all about about Bayfall, what he might be. Um, and then there's a bunch of other little quick hitters. I can't. We'll have fun with with the quick hitters. But first, take us away on a painfully long, slow, and awkward ad read. What do you ad want break. from me? I'm just reading the goddamn sheet. Hey, uh, what am I? What is the first ad I'm reading? Oh my gosh, that's right. I have to really, <laughs> really feed Dude, you we're line here. We're too solace meds. Oh, solace meds. Solace meds. So. King yeah, Cone. Um, so let's see here. It's, uh, let's see. I want to make sure I'm not reading. Why do I? I found it, but I don't want to read old ads. I, I mean, there's Talk old about Solace Meds, man. Solace Meds. They have a location not right that down far the street, from right down the street. Our beloved DNVR bar, just down the way. It's like in, one on mile. Colfax. Yes. Um, and they've got. Let's see here. They've got some banging deals for the month of July. Here's just a few to look forward to. Uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Wild night a day gummies. Buy one, get one, 50% off. Uh, I'm just going to pick a few things that are, seem interesting to you me. You know what they have. All open, cured resin cartridges. Go to the last one. 20% off. You know that if you get, uh, let's see, you get a 10 cent pre-roll or 10 milligram edible. Honestly, if you go in and mention DMVR, there's a good chance they'll just hook you up, man. Yeah, because you get that king cone. You get, you get the king cone. <laughs> also, the, they just, they're DMVR the homies, bar. man. They're DMVR yeah, homies. Yeah, that's if you head into the Wheat Ridge location, you get a free solace Wear bar your DNVR or a king when cone you go in or shirt when you or mention the code. The code, of course, DNVR20. Um, you mentioned that that's the Wheat Ridge location You'll for Solace Meds. You head in, you mentioned DNVR20, you get the 20% off and a free Solace bar or King Cone. Remember, all these amazing deals you can take advantage of or get 20% off your entire purchase when you use DNVR20 at checkout. Uh, Solace Meds makes your cannabis shopping experience a delight. You can head to their website, view their menu, order online, pick up at your convenience, or just head to solacemeds.com and purchase from there. And don't forget to use the code DNVR20 to save 20%. I'll queue up Hassle Cattle Company. I'll spell you here and, and talk, tell everybody about Chevalier Mortgage because this is my world. You guys oh. know I spent 10 years doing uh, real estate investing, real estate buying, all this different stuff. I know the first time you buy a home, it could be intimidating. You don't know where to do. I'm telling you, your first step should be, in my opinion, should be calling Chevalier Mortgage, Mike and Virginia Chevalier. You can call them at 303-257-6578. And what you're going to do is you just call. You don't know anything about buying a house. You tell them. You say, hey, I'm a DNVR member. I listen to the DNVR Nuggets podcast all the time. I want looking to buy a house. Can you get me started? That's all you got to do. They are going to handle the rest of it. Or maybe you already have a home. You got a 5% interest rate, 4.5% interest rate. Call them up. Refinance that and get a better uh, deal right now. I mean, you're going to get like a a great, I can't tell you what rate you're going to get, but I can tell you that right now rates are very low. um, So there's a chance you can save some money right there. So call Mike and uh, Virginia Chevalier. They are DNVR listeners, DNVR fans, and they can walk you through that process in an extremely 
friendly way that makes it less intimidating. So check them out. Again, 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Super easy. All the information there, dnvrmortgage.com. And of course, for legal purposes, I got to tell you this, NMLS number 1931006. That's for Michael Chevalier and NMLS number 1910631 for Virginia Chevalier. Check them out. We brought you damn good beer. Now we're delivering to you damn good beef. It is so damn good. The Wagyu beef from Hassel Cattle Company. We love it. It's all about the marbling. Uh, I have a freezer full of Hassel Cattle uh, Company steaks right now. That's not a lie. I made myself a delicious ribeye not two days ago. I'm still thinking about it right now. You want to tell your tragedy? I do want to tell my tragedy. Tell, Tell the story. I, I cooked it on the table. T- Are you talking about that? Yeah, when you, I, when you said it. Right, every well, time he calls to brag and show pictures of the great steak, I ruined he, goes, my, I did he ruin screwed my steak. one up. I did ruin my steak a little bit. I put. I was trying to keep the heat uh, circulating inside of the, the iron uh, cast iron skillet that I was using to cook the steak, put a lid on it, and it ended up tasting a little metallic. I, I ruined it just a little bit, but all the same, Hassel Cattle Company, even though I ruined it, it was still delicious. It was only a nine and a half out of 10. <laughs> it was only a nine and a half out of 10. The marbling didn't go away. Um, but Hassel Cattle Company is now offering DNVR listeners a buy three, get one free on their flank steaks. These delicious steaks are lean and very flavorful. They should be very thinly sliced against the grain while carving. While carving. And you can get these steaks uh, they're only $9.99 each, so you can get, they're affordable to begin with, and now you can buy three and get one free. Use DNVR Flank at checkout. DNVR F-L-A-N-K at checkout, buy three and get one free. As and long as uh, you don't go through Eric, or else your steaks will come to Eric last Friday, they'll still be in his Yeah, I, I have. <laughs> Does he owe you steaks? He owes me a whole, he owes you a whole order. order. Wow, the truth comes hold on, out hold on, hold about on. the Eric super <laughs> order on, first, first off, number Attack one, First off, number one, I've not been paid for this order. <laughs> you want to Venmo <laughs> me that order, I will bring it right, I will bring it right in, no problem. I, I, I'm not going to deliver without payment, that's just not how it works. <laughs> it's like a secret drop that has to happen. <laughs> and you can still use DNVR 10 on your entire order to I save as well. <laughs> I, I just picture... <laughs> Spano. Yeah, if you don't remember, I don't remember, bro. That's how no, it works. Actually, I, I agree with that type of stuff. Like, there's no more IOUs. That doesn't work anymore. 2021, it's just not anymore. So Once you funny. pay, that's how things work. Yeah. All right. Final segment here, guys. We'll keep it anyway, moving. And if anybody wants to see me uh, riding my scooter with a bag full of steaks tomorrow, bring him to Brandon. Just there look out at around 9 a.m. <laughs> Uh, final segment here. I want to take the temperature real quick. Deborah, we're going to take the spotlight here, but I want to ask Eric: Have you heard about Bayfall? Has he made yes. your radar? So Bayfall was actually on the the local news last night, but I'd heard him because we hang out with Dev and I listened to him. <laughs> right. Um, so tell us, man. Bayfall, dominant Colorado basketball player, the next Chauncey, meaning the next. We've had some NBA players, but it's been like mm-hmm. Jason Smith. Like, all right, <laughs> Bayfall, legit. See, so the, the funny thing is to say he's the next Chauncey. Chauncey was, like, highly coveted into in high school. Yeah. Um, like, made the All-American, like, team and stuff. But no one in Colorado history has ever had the the looks as Bayfall. Like, he has all the, the big-time schools. Duke? North Carolina. I think Duke's the only one that doesn't. Like, Kentucky really? has, like, offered him. Like, he has every single school. Um, he's the number three player in the 2023 class uh, That's from crazy. ESPN. Um which I don't think we've ever had anybody that right. high as well. Um, 6'11", super skinny, just like super skinny. But I think he's honestly a top five um, rim protector no matter the class. And really? 2023 is like he's heading into his junior season. And, and it's not fair. Like look, looking at that, because he's from Senegal, when they come in, um, there's a rule that they just can't play at these big-time schools if they're from a different country. So he had to play in 3A, so Lutheran. So now he's playing against, you know, like small schools and he's dominating i'm talking about six re i mean six uh blocks a game he has 17 rebounds didn't you tell us he had like a quadruple double when one of one of them was through blocks yeah that was uh asan diop which is uh, you know like uh they're in the same um type of uh situation and also asan will also be ranked um but yeah they both play for colorado hawks um and and also with bayfall is He's now not having to play at Lutheran High School anymore, which is a relief to 
three A players around the state. <laughs> just two and dominant. Also coaches, yeah, just just too dominant. And and also when when you're when you're dominant like that and you're getting national exposure, it's not doing you any justice. Right. Um. When, when you're having to just dominate and then maybe even like hold back and you know though, there's players like the difference between him Asan Diop and him is. That kid like feels bad about dominating these people. Bay, he's he's <laughs> wired different. He wants to dominate you in every single uh, like, he he wants to take your pride away from you. He's blocking it. He's trash talking. Uh, he, he's he's just a really like hard working working player. And this is a player that is like he's privately worked out with NBA players. Like, really, he's just that that type of uh, a player. And he and he holds his own. Um, Where was so. Chauncey back in the day? Do you ever know? Gonna, I was like, going he was. I know he wasn't top five, top ten, but was he a top twenty-five prospect? Yeah, he was a top twenty-five just because he made the McDonald's All-American game right. to like just tell you how like coveted he was. Um, yeah. So he he really was, and he won um, Mr. Basketball for three of his four years. Right. Um, so that just makes it a little bit different. But to have as many schools on him as Bay, like we we just never have had anything like that, and it's it's continuing to grow. He's how tall is he now? Six eleven. So there's a chance that he can be seven foot seven one, because uh, if he's a sophomore going into junior year, some guys stop growing right around there. But most people, I would say, grow a little bit more, and some people grow a lot more up that page. But most people grow at least a little bit more. Yeah, and he's he's really agile. He moves like a guard. Actually, wow. in the state championship, he defended one of the, if not the best point guard in the state for the entire game, face guard. Wow. And and you got to think about that. This guy's. You know, five eleven going against se- like a seven foot defender yeah. who's face guarding him and able to keep up with him every single way, and he's he's getting goaltend calls because the refs just don't know what to do. They haven't seen anybody <laughs> like Bay Vall in Colorado who's just he's dunking every single thing. And, and um, he's 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 going after contact. This is not a player that like avoids contact. When you see his his stature, he looks skinny. But this guy is like throwing elbows. He's pushing guys out of the way for dunks, and he also has a mid range. So he, he's different, and and he's still growing as a player. Like he still has a long way to go, of course. But he still is able to do things that we haven't seen. He's shooting, not the three ball, but like the mid range. He goes in, and he has the right sky hook. He dunks um, with everyone. He competes against one A player. He doesn't care who you are. He's going to go against an NBA player the same way he's going to go against anyone else. Um, so it, it's a lot different. Yeah, man. Um, and, and go ahead. Fall. Fall is one of the most common last names. It's like in Smith in Senegal. Right. Yeah. It's actually yeah, some, it's people like, in, in the comments. They were asking if he was related to Taco. No, he's not related to Taco. He's no, just, it's like honestly, like half the population right. of Senegal is a yeah. fall. So, um, let me let me uh, going up now because I know he's moving now to the new school. What does that do for him? Do they play a national? schedule meaning are they going to play like your oak hills maybe not oak hill but teams like that yeah they just uh, actually accept like been accepted to play on the grind session um so i want to say jalen is it jalen green yeah uh was just in, in the, that in like the they G have League? yeah they have yeah those type of players um which is supposed to be like the best um high school slash uh, post-grad um league in the in the world is what they pitch themselves as but he is going to be playing against like a different type of um playing style especially coming from 3a but also you live and you breathe basketball when you're at a academy um he's going to denver prep school or denver prep academy is what it's called um which is you know one of two in colorado we just now became a a state that has two prep schools there's colorado prep and now there's denver prep academy and they're both in the grind session so that's going to be fun and, and unique for them to go at it and be in the same um state but also with bay He's going to be around other like-minded players that are as That's talented cool. as him. Um, I'm sure Hassan will go over with them, so they're going to have one of the longest. They're going to be the, the real long boys. Hassan oh. is a 6'9 point Wait, they're supposed to be on the same team? They're going to be on the same team. <laughs> That's they're, so ridiculous. They're bringing guys over like, <laughs> like with them, and they're also still looking for – um, Man, new look for so he's high he's school basketball in Colorado's changed. <laughs> it's it's changed back when back when uh, I watched Chauncey Billups dunk on Josh Emery, which was the older brother of my friend who lived down the street. And Chauncey, <laughs> I went to go see the state championship. It was at Moby Arena. I watched Josh Emery get absolutely posterized by Chauncey Billups. I mean, coming I up, like, Mon- yeah. okay, Monarch had uh, three guys that were uh, six seven, six nine, six eleven, or something like that. And it was, res- and the best one was Lou Amundsen, who turned out to be an NBA player. But I mean, that's different from <laughs> yeah. the top three, top five player yeah. in the whole country. So, 
wildly insane. That's exciting. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for good players to be coming out of Colorado. I know even though it's via Senegal, but I just think it's a cool story, and I'm excited now we to somehow watch it. I think that's going to be a story that picks up, by the way. I feel like we're talking about him. People were already talking about him last year, but I feel like you're going to hear that name a lot in the coming two Is years. Is there any way we can also credit that to Nikola Jokic? I think we should. <laughs> okay, I think cool. we should. All right, rapid fire here, guys, as we go through the end uh, of our news and notes here today. Eric, we have you. The NBA logo for the 75... The, it's the seventy fifth yeah. anniversary. Yeah, the NBA logo. Yeah. it's um, I would say underwhelming. Not Bayfall. He's not underwhelming. There we go. The it's a diamond. It's a diamond. Uh, I believe the diamond is the se- that's the seventy five year stone. If if you're t- right, is that is that is, is it? I, I I assume there has to be some diamonds aren't forever. They're for seventy five. Like you have the paper anniversary. Oh, okay. Well, Kale, was, how the how the hell did he just know this off the top of the head? Well, the diamond jubilee for the queen. So, so things you'll notice here, whether you've noticed them or not, is that uh, in the diamond where you normally have the straight lines that, yeah. that indicate where the diamond's been cut, these are the these are the round basketball line. They, they take it off that, of the yeah. basketball. Uh, the logo, the logo man is it. Although he starts centered, is it ends up quite off centered. This whole thing is quite off centered. It, it bothers me quite a bit i don't like this at all uh there's i can i tell you my take on it real quick yes it looks like something you would get as a knockoff like you buy this at a store where it's it's unlicensed nba gear yes that's what it looks like to me yeah i don't like i don't like the interplay between there's no interplay in fact between the 75 and uh our basket our beloved logo man um not really a fan. This does look very cheaply made. This feels very in-house. I've been very underwhelmed with the graphic design that I've seen coming out of um, the NBA of late, be it the Grand Rapids Gold or <laughs> anything that's related to precious metals or gems. Apparently, the, <laughs> the so NBA is not really... Uh, <laughs> Dev, do you have a take on this logo? It's just not nice. It's just not nice. Yeah, it could be better. Nice. It could really be better. And then look at the size of the shorts on this guy. Man. Uh, like <laughs> who was this? John Stockton? Like, yeah, like no. Well, um, in some good news, based guys. Based on Jerry West. You in some good that. news. No, no, no. That one has to be. <laughs> Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer is worth $100 billion. Is he really? Ninth person ever, I believe, to be worth $100 billion. Um, so Steve Ballmer, most known for grabbing the guys' crotches alongside him at the game in pure excitement. So he is the owner of the LA Clippers, but he's most known for being a, a crotch a, a grabber. Crotch grabber. Hey, there's, you can do anything in life, but you celebrate like that one time in public and that's all you're known for. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. So excited that you grabbed not one, but two I mean, look, crotches. This is again, the fame when they launched windows 95, he's very excitable. Very excitable person. How does he have so much money? I don't get it. I mean, obviously he at Microsoft. Man. I know, but how? I, I guess now you just get to own a part of it. Can you imagine if like you just the DNVR did a horrible job, or like we're letting you go, but you get to retain all of your shares and you have the most shares, and then the guy that replaced you took it to like the new ESPN, and you're just like hell yeah. But I gotta think that his wealth is not coming through Microsoft currently. I don't. View, I don't think Microsoft is having... You don't keep up with Forbes magazine. What has Microsoft done lately that's increased their wealth? So many things that you don't even know about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, fair enough. I guess that's true. But uh, So it's got to be... Most of that's got to be coming through the Clippers. Would you not think? Uh, no. Not most of it. Okay. No. I mean, yeah, like, well, now his money I mean, is so high, he probably has real estate and everything. Yeah, well, he's got... Of course, I mean, of course, come on, people, rich people, yeah, they, they own a little bit of everything. Um, he's added $20 billion this year. That's what I mean. Where did that come from? Follow the money. I'm not here to report on it other than just... I just wanted to, like, dig on on, on Balmer here. Uh, and then lastly, guys, viewership for game one of the NBA Finals is up what? from last year. Follow the money. It's up. Follow the money. Not Lakers Heat, right? Oh, what a great... We got Pat Riley. We got LeBron James. No. We got Milwaukee, and we have uh, the Phoenix Suns. And look at these numbers, guys. We are up. Now, I have to temper all of this by yeah, saying... Yeah, you're right. Last, last year was as low as it got. As low as it got, these numbers aren't necessarily good, although I will say that's in part because no numbers are good. It did dominate. I think it was it was the number one most viewed thing of the night, which is now how you everything has been diluted 
because there's more entertainment outlets and people can just watch YouTube now where that wasn't a thing 20 years ago. But it is still owning, and I just think yeah. it's imp- at least that's cool. Yo, but to bring it up, also, I think they said that that was like the most viewed game since like 2001 or something like that. The most impressive figure on here is the last one to me. It's 55 million video views across all NBA social platforms, up 71% since 2019. Like which is it. actually the, the the benchmark we should be looking at. I don't know if you Raptors after that. Warriors? Well, after 2019, I'm not sure if you knew the world fell into That's a true. global pandemic and a lot of things changed. So I want to really celebrate and dunk on the Lakers and ESPN and everybody that's involved with making the NBA insufferable about legacy <laughs> and LeBron James primarily. I want to do sure. that. But I will say Ethan Strauss, who's one of my favorites over at The Athletic, uh, has been reported that these numbers are a little inflated because apparently, and this is what he's, he's saying, I take his word for it, but the Nielsen ratings, they used to be like household only, but now they count businesses as well. And it's like, if you just suddenly started to count every tire shop that has ESPN just on on a TV, like, of course you're going to get some inflated numbers. So that being said, maybe there's a little tricky math going on, but whatever, I'm going to celebrate it. LeBron's out, small markets win. Yeah, and even if it's not like, even if your man Ethan Strauss is tempering it to the point where maybe it hasn't grown to the level that we think that it has, like even if it's keeping pace with That's the uh, with yeah. the, the the idea that you have LeBron, you have, have to have, have LeBron. We otherwise, have to. nothing nothing is worse than when you know you see the memes and all of the everything online. They're like, oh, look at these N- the NBA. Uh, Official or uh, everyone in the NBA front office is definitely jumping off a cliff thinking about the fact that they have to have Phoenix versus Milwaukee. And it's like, yo, people like basketball. It's not that difficult. They do like basketball. Um, Any parting thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, You want me to read any more ads? We're four minutes (laughs) over, and I want you to know that four minutes is all you. That's not true. Do you think that your Chevalier ad was, was quick and to the point? Yeah, I thought it was. He looked at me for some reassurance. (laughs) Yeah, what do you think? What do you Um, think, Dev? No. (laughs) Son of a bitch. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. One parting thought. Okay. Tomorrow, debut. Online with D-Line. It's our standalone show. Starts tomorrow. We don't even know what it's going to look like. We still have to figure it out today. Uh, That seems like right in line with the the spirit of the show. That seems right in line. Um, I think it's going to happen right after the DNBA show. 3 o'clock tomorrow. It'll be a half hour long. That'll be Adam will be on there. Um, Andre will be on there. RK will be on there. I'll be on there. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to crack wise about things that happen on the internet. I can't wait, guys. Definitely check that out after watching the show. It's immediately after this. So Friday's just got better. Casual Friday, uh, online with D-Line, two hours of gold. See everybody then. You guys know us at DNVR. We are all about subscriptions, and that includes a Strava Craft coffee subscription. You sign up, and you get your coffee delivered straight to your door. No shopping, no looking all the stores out today. Oh, I forgot to get it. I left it in the bag. None of that. They deliver it straight to your door, and you get it every two, four, six, or eight weeks, whatever you prefer, and you receive 20% off your CBD-infused coffee every single time. And, of course, Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee made right here in Colorado, one of our OG partners. And they're also offering, in addition to the 20% off you can get with your subscription, there's also the 25% off code you get when you're a listener of the show, when you use promo code DNVR25 at checkout. The CBD in Strava Craft Coffee has a nice calming effect, so you're not going to get all those coffee jitters. You can have three, four, five, six cups a day. You're not going to get all those crazy jitters that you typically get. Um, but they also have, uh, CBD has also been known to aid with chronic headaches, joint pains, IBS, and so much more. So check them out. Strava Craft Coffee, and don't forget, promo code DNVR25.